Welcome to episode 73 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Welcome back, Ian. It oh, is... Glad to be back. Did you guys see the Detroit Lions Megatron caught two touchdowns in the first quarter? It was amazing. Did you guys see that, that last real, week? Is that a real guy's name? It's his nickname. It's really his nickname. What's his real name? Calvin Johnson. Why do they call him Megatron? Because his he hands as box. big as Megatron. Type in... I, I didn't make I, up I, the I'm name. Not, I believe you. Type in Megatron, wide receiver, Calvin Johnson will come up. People know this. I don't know why Megatron's the standard for large hands. Because it was some other dumb wide receiver that was like, Hey, that dude's got big hands. Megatron's got big hands. Charles Barkley has big hands. Why not call him Charles Barkley? I'm just happy that his name's Megatron. I'm just yeah, happy that remember, that's his nickname. Do you remember the football player Andre Ryson? And for a while he thought he was Spider-Man and he did this thing where he would like attach himself to goalposts. Before Spider-Man kind of exploded in pop culture, like with yeah, yeah, I do remember that he would attach himself. Yeah, um, he was a Browns wide receiver, Falcons, uh, Falcons wide receiver, most famously known as a Falcons wide receiver. Who Lisa Left Eye Lopez burned down his mansion. That and he got oh, into that's that guy. Yeah, that and he got Andre into a, a fist fight while wearing football gear with Deion Sanders. At the line of scrimmage, and they were punching each other in their football helmets, and I just thought, stupid. Yes, Andre Ryzen was uh, Spider Man. Tattoos, but Lisa Left Eye Lopez, super sexy. Super dead. It is September 15th. It is a Monday night. We welcome Ian back after a week's absence for a Monday night football break. Gotta get the fantasy team off on the right foot. He needs to be hands on. GM getting ready to make it happen at a moment's notice. So we let him out, but now he's back. He's back tonight for a talk about Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam, the Batmobile from Zack Snyder, and we're going to talk about the proposed Teen Titans on TNT live action show, and maybe some what you've been reading for dessert if we get around to it. But first, we're going to have a grudge match for who's going to do housekeeping this week. There is a lot of fan reaction to Matt Cassell's reading of housekeeping. So this week, we're going to let Matt take it away. He's had a full week to practice, to look in the mirror, to get everything right. So now we're going to go to Matt Cassell. With housekeeping. Lisa Left Eye Lopez is even pretty in her mugshot. She is. Matt, take it away. So, what better way to get ready for the uh, football season as as GM, as Ian got, got off to the... To a good start last week. Ian, did you win last week? Incorrect. The Decepticons, <laughs> reigning champion of backfield in motion, were blown out of the water by their dad's sudden death. <laughs> Pop sharply, bringing that, well, that fantasy was heat. In overtime, right? No. Oh, it was that's a, the name of his team, Sudden Death. Sudden Death. Sudden Death. Okay. Yes. Grim Reaper logo and all that. 
Decepticons weren't up to the test, but this week... Who are the Decepticons quarterback, by the way? Jay Cutler. Four touchdowns last night brought us all the way back against Nocturnal Malevolence. But you're a listener of the show. So where are you at? Did you um, win this week, or are you one and one? One and one. Also, unfortunately, was blown out in other leagues as well. So I was a bad GM. But you have like league. seven leagues. But the one, the one with your pops that you got blown out in—that's the real league. I, it's you know, one and one A. I have one with my friends. Mm-hmm. I have that one. Blah blah blah. The one with the Decepticons your pops are the reigning champions of that league. Sharpshank Redemption also unfortunately got blown out by Duffy. So when you're not doing fantasy football, I recommend that you go to McSauce.com where you can check out new strips every Tuesday and every Friday. Um, Also, the McSauce gang is going to be at the Pittsburgh Comic Con this September 26th, 27th, and 28th. I'll be there. Ian will be there. Paul will be there. And Dom will be there. Commissions are available. If you want them, just let us know ahead of time. Paul, he's doing $5 commissions. Ian, he's doing $5 commissions. Me, I'm doing $20 commissions. That's a steep price, sir. I think that's an unfair price. Listeners, which one of these people are a prick? <laughs> Do I I don't think it's unfair. I think frankly, I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you a couple... Oh, he was about to blast us right there. He eased up, though. I'm going to get you guys a couple commissions by saying this. $5 commissions, it's a steal. It is a steal. There's a lot of time that goes into these things. Uh, I can't make it happen in five minutes. I can't make it happen in an hour. It's going to take some time, and I'm going to do my best to give you a killer drawing if you ask for it and pay for it. And, um, yeah, $20. I think... Ordinarily, I would charge a hell of a lot more than that. So, Paul, you mentioned last week on the podcast, for those of you that were able to make it through housekeeping last week and didn't turn the podcast right off as soon as you heard that I wasn't going to be in here, you said that you were going to do anything. You draw anything. Is that right? Still, still anything? And I've been brought anything. I also will draw anything. I heard on the podcast that I will be... I've been asked to draw furries, He-Man and Duncan as furries, and I'm up to that. So I've been, I've been brought a request that I'm not entirely comfortable drawing. Oh, I but like that. I did say anything. So what is the request? Anything well, it is. Well, we'll we'll talk about that after Comic Con. So stay tuned, Matt. However, you have a full consultation, first right of refusal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's true. Do you have a deposit? Do the people have to put a deposit down on this? Yes, it's a twenty dollars deposit. And non-refundable people. (laughs) Non-refundable. Non-negotiable. Unless we go over twenty dollars, then we can negotiate to go higher. Um, Why would you go over twenty dollars? Because then I make more money. You see where this is going, people. That makes sense for Matt. Yeah. Um, but I can assure you that I will give you the best art that I can provide um, if you do ask me to do something. Um, so the the other little bit of information that we want to touch on are the Pittsburgh Pod Races coming up this October 12th at 6 p.m. It's at Hack Pittsburgh, which is on 
1936 Fifth Avenue in Pittsburgh, PA, 15219. You can get more details on McSauce.com, but basically what it is is the McSauce comic book podcast crew are going to be debating against um, the Nerd Exchange and um, the Cthutube. 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 What? Cthutube. Rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it, folks? And we will be debating, having a healthy debate about God knows what, but apparently we are Team DC. Or we're gonna Fuck, yes we are. We're going to represent DC Comics. I don't know how Ian is going to switch his Manny Face's head around to represent oh, DC Comics. Oh, he reference. To, to oh. well, talk su- shit against Marvel. Well, it's super easy. I mean, I love Marvel Comics, but... What do I love the most? Arguing. arguing. That's true. That's true. Arguing wins out over Marvel Comics. Matt, anyway, I think we know Ian can change his face to whatever subject suits him best. As long as I can get a good arguing out of it, that's all I care you, about. You are Manny Faces. Yeah. You are the uh, Astro Train. Oh, no. Double Trouble. Was that his name? The Double... Astro Train was it. The Secret Agent Transformer guy? I don't remember what his name was. I like Astro Train, though. I like carrying the dead carcasses of my... You are a two-faced character, sir. Oh, jeez. I just like to entertain the listeners by... By... Arguing. Furthering my own agenda, is what he meant. Ouch. Furthering my own... I I just like to have good, nice debate... Entertain people, you know, lively. That's what I like. That's why we're here. Entertainment. That is why we're here. Well, thank we're you. We're here to entertain. I think that's going to do it for pod or for housekeeping. But thank you for returning to the podcast to add some of that much needed energy. I feel like you have already provided a shot of energy and adrenaline to this show, which we so sorely lacked last week. I'm glad you can see it, Matt. <laughs> So now that housekeeping has been put to bed, a lively house housekeeping, a deep, deep housekeeping. Juicy. After weeks, weeks, maybe a month of uh, Dwayne Johnson dropping hints on Twitter and different interviews about which Shazam mythology character he was going to play, it's officially been announced he's going to be Black Adam, which was kind of surprising to me. Were you guys surprised about that? Slightly. Ian? Yeah, yeah, because I didn't think that the... Uh, if you're going to get The Rock to play somebody in the DC the Universe... The champion. I, I didn't think that you were going to get him to play a villain. That said, maybe he's not going to be so villainous. Maybe he's going to be a character with some flexibility that can carry this role into other other films and be a multi-film you know, piece to the franchise. It sets up a lot of interesting questions about where DC's going with their entire film, their their cinematic universe, because we know The Rock. We've seen what he can do, and he is, he's a leading man, and you're going to make him the bad guy, so I think that makes casting Shazam and Billy Batson even that much more important because you're going to have to get someone that's going to be able to be as charismatic and as much of the people's champion 
as The Rock has been. Because you don't want to go into into a Shazam movie, even if they do the more anti-hero version of Black Adam. you, you got to pull for Shazam. He's the hero. So, I mean, I, I think they almost set themselves up for failure because who the fuck are you going to get that's big enough to go toe-to-toe with a personality as big as Dwayne Johnson? It's, it's personality. It's physique. Dwayne Johnson is a proven box office hit. He, they, you know, a couple summers ago, they were joking about how he was the thing that revived franchises. That's who you brought in to fix your franchise, if you're G.I. Joe or if you're If you out. aren't as fast or furious as you used to be. That's true. You put a little extra <laughs> uh, rock underneath the, the engine, under the hood, in the engine, and you get that franchise back up and humming. I, I think that... You are a successful actor. If if you can be brought into a movie where you kill Channing Tatum and the movie's still good. It's better than the original version right? that fans of that movie were into. Um, I think that they're really going for maybe a, a Loki kind of uh, lovable villain that people flock to, like the Marvel movies has. I think that's sort of what they're going for, but just like you said, I have no idea who they can possibly cast now as the main character in Shazam. I thought you said low-key, like as in kind of subdued, and I was like, The Rock is not low-key. Here's here's my my thoughts on it. Um, Paul, you said that they're setting themselves up for failure. Because you're not sure that they can find somebody that can match the rock pound for pound with charisma. Um, they, they can. There's actors out there, but I, I feel like it's a hard task to be put upon. At this point, they can't cast just anybody. It has to be a big name actor. Um, and that seems like that's what they're going for, is huge Hollywood actors to take on these epic and iconic roles. If The Rock plays Black Adam like he's The Rock, that's, yeah, you're going to need somebody larger than life to be Shazam, right? So first of all, let me clarify. This is for the Shazam movie, right? Yeah. yeah. This is straight up Shazam movie that's coming out in 2017 or something? I have a feeling that, like, I think a few episodes ago, I said that I was under the impression Shazam was going to be its own thing. There was going to be the DC Cinematic Universe, and then Shazam would have its own trilogy or whatever. But now, with this casting, I think they're going to fold it all together. I think they came out and said that they aren't going to do that, and this is its own separate thing. I think there was something like that that came out where they actually addressed, yeah, this isn't really going to connect. Now, of course, they have the choice to go back later and be like, oh, yeah, 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 this connects now. But I think this is going to be... A more family-friendly kind of thing, too? As long as the, the Rock plays it as Black Adam and he plays the character rather than himself, I think that you can get a relatively unknown actor to be Shazam and play well off of him. It, it all has to do with how much Dwayne Johnson is going to act and how much he's going to be himself. I think he's got the chops to act. Do you? Do you think he has that skill set to turn off Dwayne Johnson? Yeah. I don't think any 
Buddy can turn off Dwayne Johnson. I don't I think, think it's been done yet. I, I think, think he, I think he can, and I think he will. It's possible, but I mean, like, why get him just, if you want him to turn himself off? He's just a charismatic person. I mean, even if he's playing the, the no good antihero, like his likability is going to bleed through. Like Justin Timberlake, it is impossible to not like Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, but Black Adam isn't exactly a character that that has that charisma, that has that likability factor. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of confused where the moral ambiguity of Black Adam is. I always thought he was a villain. I didn't know that... I, I know that his origin comes from, what is it, ancient Egypt? Yeah, wasn't he a slave of some sort? Received power to yeah. free his people and then got obsessed with the power and order and the way that he would run things. No, Black Adam, is, he was no? killed his nephew in the, to maintain complete power. Control. Okay. Is, yeah, yeah, and that's like the old school, you know, like 40s Black Adam origin. But okay. when, or the Jeff Johns one that came out two years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, Jeff Johns folded all that together, but yeah. initially, back in the 40s, Black Adam was just a straight-up bad guy. He was the mirror image of what happens when you get the Shazam powers, but you're not a good guy. Right. And then he's just straight up, you know, mustache twirling villain up until Jeff Johns got his hands on him. And then he gave him a lot more gray areas. Which is what in, we all like, though, yeah, right? Well, what, are, what are the gray areas? In 52 is when Jeff Johns really took over Black Adam. And he made him so that, uh, you know, Black Adam just wasn't a bad guy out to do bad things. Like, he was protecting his country and everything that he did was to protect the protect the fic- fictional country of Kandak in northern africa so that i mean he'd just slaughter a bunch of you know like anyone attacking the country like no no business he puts his fa- puts a, his fingers through a guy's face in an issue of 52 i can get behind that that's but, fine i mean he doesn't fuck around he doesn't play games. You know, he doesn't do anything. He's he's a bad guy. Yeah. But he's doing, but he's it, doing right it for reasons. a good cause because yeah. he's essentially protecting his country, his family. Right. Those are values that you can twist very easily so that people get behind it, especially with somebody like Dwayne Johnson yeah, that people and, already And the way like. that gray area character played, he was even part of the Justice Society for a while. And he's not a bad character. You know, Jeff Johns really... He really found the core of what Black Adam and Sinestro should be because he made them normal people. They're not this outstanding superhero like Superman that is unbelievable. And they're not just a you know, villainous cur that is kinda so like, off the deep. Kind of like how Magneto is somebody that you can say, kinda yeah, like, gee. Kind of like how you and I would be with superpowers. <laughs> I think that we would just be completely bad guys. We wouldn't be. We'd be like Deadshot or Captain Gold. We don't want to take over the world. We just want some cash and ass. Hell but yeah. In the new 52 version of Black Adam, <clears throat> he's a straight up bad guy. There, There is no gray area. All he is trying to do is kill Billy Batson so that way he can get all of that magical power. And that, yeah, yeah, in that initial story. But right. the rest of that hasn't played out yet. Like, well, I, I expect he, there to be a sequel like, to that. I do, too, although, number one, I don't know why that character doesn't have his own book. I mean, they're putting him in everything. Why does that character not Shazam? have his own book? Yeah. 
He should have his own title. Probably because Jeff Johns has an earmark. Like, hey, if we're going to do this, I want to write it, but I'm too busy right now. So. And they're yeah. like, well, we'll do another couple Batman comics. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, 17 Batman titles, not one. And by a couple, you mean a couple million. <laughs> so, if memory serves, Black Adam actually died at the end of that that story. I can't quite remember exactly how it ended, but I thought that he died. But he's magic. He can come back yeah. anytime he wants. Right? And it is comic books. It is comic books. But, um... But yeah, I, I, I think this sets it up for Dwayne Johnson, Black Adam character, to be in two, three more of these DC movies. That's fine. Or but own spinoff or something. I think they cast him for a couple reasons. Not just because he's got great charisma, because frankly, I think that's lower on the list than... He looks just like Black Adam, number one. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it, it's great for, like, getting the visuals right. It's a great job of casting. The other thing is, he's, he's like, huge and imposing, and, and if you see him as a villain, it's going to make you kind of uncomfortable. It's almost like when, in real life, when that person yells at you that, like, never fucking yells, and you're just like, what?! If if the Rock is suddenly an evil guy, you, as we've never seen him before, he's always a super smiley, likable dude. Was the Rock a good guy or bad guy in wrestling? Well, I don't know. He, he was a bad guy. He was. Okay. He was I never, don't know. I'm he was saying. never an intimidating bad uh, guy. And, and on top of that, the People's Champion. I don't think he was. We are out of our depth talking about wrestling. <laughs> Jody, what the fuck? Yeah, when I think about that comic smell and grimace. Dumb. We are out of our depth stepping into this. But when he when he first premiered, when he had the little like high top Jerry curl thing going on, I thought he was a good guy. No, he was a bad guy. Um, and yeah. he called himself the People's Champion. Everybody no. booed him. It was part yeah, of. Yeah, he still had like the teal stuff on. Yeah, and he was still the People's Champion. And so it was like uh, it was sarcastic. He was a yeah. If okay. I remember correctly, like uh, WrestleMania fourteen, he wrestled. He was the Intercontinental Champion. He wrestled against. Ken Shamrock, and Ken Shamrock was the face at the time, and The Rock was the heel. And he he almost had this, like, sleazy porn star kind of persona to his character. Oh. Um, he's come a long way since then. And, and also, he wasn't built the way that he is now. I mean, he's clearly hit the weights and or steroids. Yeah, I was going to say, how in, they say in the business, in the, last the juice. Years. I but think when he came on, he was he was neutral. I think at, at worst he was neutral. Can you be neutral in wrestling? Because of the WrestleMania fourteen, like he's the Rock by that point. Yeah, he's got the sideburns. He's got he the was a, pants. he was a villain at that point. Right, but when he first premiered, oh, maybe you're right. He then. was just another wrestler coming onto the scene. Okay. Yeah, I always thought he was a bad guy, or I, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. But anyway... I think he was a, a bad guy. I mean, like, maybe... I don't know what he was when he first started, but once you knew who The Rock was, he was a bad guy until Hollywood took over. Until Hollywood mandated that The Rock's got to be a good guy. We can't have our Hollywood star uh, a heel. It just But at the work. same time, he was such a good bad guy. He was so likable. He's, he's such an enjoyable person that, like, I don't necessarily want to enjoy... Black Adam. I want to be afraid of Black Adam. That's, That's why what they do in the books. And I don't I don't I know agree. if The Rock has that in his repertoire. That's why it's going to be so cool, because I think they are going to get that out of him, and I think you're going to 
suddenly be afraid of this guy that normally you feel like you could run up to and give him a hug or something. Now he's going to scare you. And maybe this is also an answer to Marvel's pretty typical weak, thin villains that they've had in these past couple films where this is clearly a top-notch actor that's going to bring a lot to this role, that's going to be a real threat possibly to to the Shazam character. Maybe, maybe that's what they're going for by casting somebody um, so... Noteworthy. I take exception to the phrase "top notch actor" because I don't <laughs> uh, think top Rock notch. is a top. Okay, notch okay, actor. okay, okay. Top, top notch, notch celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Top notch box office draw. Top sure. notch box office draw. Right, bigger than life personality. Do we, sure. Do we feel that acting that, toolbox? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that's what I meant. So I'm not guys, saying that he could fucking do Hamlet. I'm just saying that people are going to go see The Rock in this movie. To clarify, you guys don't think he has it in his repertoire to to pull off something more than what you've seen? Could be, but we haven't seen any. We haven't seen him do anything different because than he's been in himself. stupid shit all the time. Hey, that's Tooth Fairy. Uh, that movie was terrible. Death. For real, I mean, like he's always in dumb shit that that doesn't take big acting chops. Maybe this, that's him perfecting his brand. He knows he can't do anything but him. I'm, I'm not sure that that... I feel like he's been around it so much. And not only that, but like even in wrestling, like there's a degree of improv that goes with it that you have to be ready for and, and able to handle. I feel like a lot of the aspects of it are going to transition into the, you know, the, like movie making. And... I don't know. I, maybe I'm putting blind faith into it or something, but I feel like people in that profession have it in them to to do good acting. Although I don't really. But where have, are the examples of this? Well, like, I it. understand I what you're to, saying, but I was about to make that exact argument against myself. But I, I feel like The Rock has set himself apart from most other wrestlers that have tried to transition into Hollywood. Hulk Hogan. Um, George the Animal Steel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, The Rock is the most successful example of wrestler-turned-actor. Right. I've seen John Cena on Psych. He's a cardboard cutout. But these guys are always in... Like, even Hulk Hogan and everything, like, with um, the Nanny movie or... No Holds Barred. Well, No Holds Barred is actually one of his better ones. <laughs> is had, it? I watched that one. Like the Nanny one. Two and then weeks you had ago. the it Suburban Commando. But it was better than The Nanny. You had Suburban Commando, if you remember that one. But I feel like The Rock... The Rock's got some, I think, some acting chops that, that haven't quite been on display, and they will be this time. They can't afford to make this The Rock show. But it, but people like that. No, no. But they do. Not for this. Not for a character that already exists. If if the people that that like these comic book movies go and they get The Rock as the villain, they're not going to be happy. There's I think they probably horror. will. I, Wait, I what think, do you mean they get The Rock as the villain and they're not going to be happy? That's what you've been telling this whole time. That he's going to be a good villain. No, he'll he'll act the part of Black Adam well. He's not going to be The Rock. You guys are saying he's going to come in there with his swag, and, swagger and everything. He's not going to be the character of The Rock, but he's going to be a version that we've seen on the silver screen. He's going to be the guy from Fast and the Furious or Faster or, you know, the, the Disney movie where the journey to the... 
you know, yeah. mountain or whatever. There's going to be a version he, of one of those that people I see it. I don't enjoy. think he can turn his rockness off. But I, I think that this is still an okay place for it. It'll be fine. Yeah, I do too because, like, I think, I think DC's like, all right, we locked this guy in. Now maybe Shazam isn't a separate part of the cinematic universe. Now, like, how cool is it going to be to see Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck fighting on the rock? That would be cool. And like, I think this gives them a lot more avenues. You have a guy like the Rock signed on. Get him out there. Why not use a fucking huge box office draw like that for as much as you can? So, like, keeping him cornered off in his own universe, especially if, you know, maybe the first Shazam movie doesn't do as well as... But it, isn't, that the, isn't that the most Warner Brothers move of all time, to do that? To lock in somebody that is a guaranteed box office draw and then put him in a, you know, in a separate room? Yeah, I forgot who we were talking about. Podcast over. Warner Brothers. I don't agree with you guys. I really think that The Rock will show you something that you haven't seen from him before. I think he's going to be actually a very good villain. I think he's going to be way more subdued than what we're used to. And he's going to be kind of scary. Because that's the way they build him up, especially in the most recent Jeff Johns comic. And holy crap, it was so effective. It was so... Like, you almost felt scared with Billy Batson dealing with this dude that was, like, hunting him down. Yeah, I think you can that, still do that. And in that and story, they play a more straight-up villain. You're supposed to be afraid of him. But I think what's more effective is in 52, where you're pulling for him, you're on his side, you agree with him, but at the same time... You're afraid of them. There's I, nothing. They walk that fine line. There's so no. Well. There's no reason why they can't pull those two elements together at some point and make you afraid of this character, but still kind of go along with them. I yeah, like, and I'm sure that's the goal. But is Dwayne Johnson capable of those acting chops? Well, we'll say there's no evidence that he can. But Matt seems to believe, with his wrestling background of great actors that he's going to be able to do that. So I not just his wrestling background. It's it's his acting background. I mean, he's been around enough of these movies, I think. Um, I, I believe that, that, the, that the directors are going to rein him in a bit because I feel like normally it's like he has carte blanche to go and do whatever he wants in these movies. I don't think that's the case now. Now there's a standard. You know, This is a DC comic book movie. They can't afford to let The Rock just come in and be the fucking Rock. And throw and piss away a potential franchise. Yeah, it's just I, not I see. I, I, I Joe retaliation may as well have been called roadblock. Yeah, but I mean, like, I disagree with that because that's all effective. Like the things that he does don't piss away anything. It's effective. They, if, they, for if he pisses, the Fast and the Furious. The Fast and the Furious. If he pisses, it's gold. I mean, so do they want him not to piss gold all over their shit? That's kind of polarizing, and people kind of like it. Kind of don't. People aren't gonna like it. They're not going to like it? I don't think... Who have you talked to that was like, man, this fucking movie would have been great if only The Rock would have been the villain? Two people sitting right here, myself and Paul. Put The Rock in fucking anything, and it's going to be great. (laughs) And then all the other of millions and millions of people that have gone to The Rock I don't think he's going to be bad in this. I just think they need the right Shazam to play off of him. Which is, I think, almost... (laughs) 
It, who are we going to get? It has to be who Channing Tatum. It does. That would be great. It I'm in. He's big. He's ripped. He's equally as charismatic. He's white. Who else are you going to get? Yeah, he's white. What was the guy that we were talking about a few weeks ago? Who looks just oh, like him? Oh, the guy that looks just like him? No idea what that guy's name Yeah, him. Is. Don't you think they should get him? <laughs> yeah, I, I think they I think they should get that guy. But I don't I don't know. Um, that guy hasn't done anything. He's always... I see him in stuff, but he's always like thug number two. Mm-hmm. He was in... Uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Brandon Malal. Malal? M-O-L-A-L-E. Brandon Malal. He looks just fucking like him. They could get Patrick Warburton, I guess. Charismatic, a little subdued. One of the first images that I look up is Channing Tatum as Captain Marvel. Matt, are you against Channing Tatum as Captain Marvel? I'm not a big Channing Tatum fan, no. No? No. What what sets you off of Channing Tatum? Uh, I think... I just I, I just don't care for him. I, I've never seen anything that I like him in unless it's self-deprecating. Like, in this is the end. But what? that's normally what endears you to a person is when they're self-deprecating. He, he's, he's going in the right direction, uh, trying to win me over. I mean, because, you know, he's trying specifically to win me over. Um, but I, I feel like... He does. I don't think he has any charisma actually at all. I I think he's just a name and like a good looking dude that women like and you. And Channing Tatum, charisma, no charisma, charisma. People like him. I don't think he has it in the bank vaults that The Rock or Justin Timberlake have, but I think he's got it. I don't. I don't know if I want him to be Captain Marvel. Yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't know who we get to play and Captain while, Marvel. While at we're this talking point. about this, is anyone having a hard time calling this guy Shazam? He's been Captain Marvel for so fucking long. Mm. I have to think about calling him Shazam all the time. No, no, I mean because Shazam was a pretty part, a pretty big part that was tied into the character. The book was always called Shazam or some variation thereof for as long as I can remember. So it's never been an issue for me. I mean, granted, I know his name was Captain Marvel, but when I was a kid, his name was Shazam. When I had the Superpowers action figure, it was Shazam. I didn't even realize his name was Captain Marvel. I don't even think that was on the packaging. I have a harder time transitioning the Captain Marvel tag over to the new Marvel comics and calling those characters, because there are a couple characters like Captain Marvel and then Captain Marvel. I have a hard time with that, but Shazam, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind that that character is Shazam now. So, so who are we gonna get to, to I, play off Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> no idea. Jake Gyllenhaal. I have no idea. No, he's not big enough. You have to get an equally physically large person to play. Joe off. Manganiello. Uh, I mean, he's physically large. Not enough. charismatic enough, though. You know who is. Channing Tatum. I may be convincing myself right now. But and DC's going to want to go toe-to-toe, big names. 
It's gonna have to be another. It's gonna have to be another big name, but I, I don't know what I they're know. gonna do. Why does it have to be a big name? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, The Rock is a big name, and Ben Affleck is a big name. Who the fuck knew who Gal Gadot was? Who a lot of people that went to go see the Fast and Furious. Nobody. Movie. Oh, I mean, that's, no, we all had to look her up and figure out. You're who dismissing. She was. No, we I'm not. I'm dismissing nothing. You're dismissing. Millions of people that followed that movie franchise. It's a big movie franchise. People knew who that chick was. The the general comic verse didn't know who Gal Gadot was. No, you're saying big name. I'm talking like household. Yeah, name. like instantly recognizable. Julia Roberts. Uh, the Rock. Kat, Katniss chick. Scarlett Johansson. What's her name? Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Scarlett Johansson. Well, big, instantly recognizable names. That's not Gal Gadot. Okay, well, we don't have to do that then. Who should we get in the Shazam role then? Doesn't It could be anybody. Then. I'm not sure that we know who that could be. I mean, the, the dude, um, Brandon M- M- Malal, he, he look, looks uh, great, but I don't, I mean... We don't know anything about what he can do in anything. I don't think any he kind can. Of, I think that's why he's thug number two all the time. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... What about... He looks fine, but he, he can't do anything but a bouncer. What about Jason Momoa? He's already, Move him from Aquaman over to Shazam. Well, they're not going to do that, so let's talk something real, then. Nothing's been announced that he's Aquaman yet. I mean, that's that's pure speculation still. Wouldn't we Nothing's also been have, confirmed by DC or Warner Brothers. Wouldn't, wouldn't we have a problem with changing the ethnicity, then, again, with the Shazam character? If it's going to be Jason Momoa, and I don't know what Jason Momoa is, Simone? Momoa? Simone? They can... He can... He can Look at this picture. Absolutely he can. Okay. Okay. So that's what we do? I'm not against it. I, why do you have a problem with diversity in your comic book? I, I don't. I'm asking you because you typically do. I can't believe you. I can't believe you. I, I didn't say that I, I had would a be okay with it. it. I would be okay with it, but... Um, I'm still questioning on Jason Momoa's acting. Yeah, I was gonna say, can he play All anything he other than seasons of Game of Thrones was grunt? Yeah, dump some bubble on a guy's head. He was Conan, he fuck, like a champion. But is that he what was we Conan. want from her? He was Conan. Yeah. Do we? Did you guys see Conan? We didn't see Conan. I saw Conan. Do you think he has the acting chops? Yeah. Of a wrestler? No. He, can, he look. He could play Shazam. Okay. I mean, basically, you're you're saying who can play a 12 year old boy, right? Or fourteen, or whatever the hell he is now. Yeah, but so we're dismissing the character completely. We're not going to give this a uh, a good actor. You know what? No, I'm not saying that. For this being a comic book movie, I think there's a lot of acting chops that need to go into both of these roles because you need to play Black Adam, who is a bad guy. Do we not think that comic book movies? Have to have good actors in them. Is that but what he, we're saying? But now? he also you need to you need to feel for him. You need to, but you also need to be afraid of him. I don't know if The Rock has that in him. And whoever plays Shazam needs to be a convincing thirteen-year-old in a thirty-two-year-old's body. Tom Hanks, Shazam. So like, you guys ever see Big? I think it's a lot easier. What is that movie? I don't know. It. In a lot of ways, it's a lot easier to cast a Batman or Superman or an Aquaman who are more or less pretty pretty straight characters. But 
Like, playing those nuances between Shazam and Black Adam, they really need to get this casting right or it's going to flop. Yeah, I think it's weird that they um, cast the villain in this thing before they cast the hero. I think that's really strange. And DC seems like the way that they're going about this, their casting is they're just like, and this is the next casting decision, and this is the next one. Yeah, they're announcing casting before they're even announcing a movie. It right? seems that's it's, kind of bizarre. It seems strange. Why have they not actually announced a Shazam movie? Yeah, I, I I don't know. It seems very headline grabby to me. It feels like they're pressured into saying something. You have to say something because these other things are going around. And what are you going to do next? And they're like, oh, the Rock. They probably needed to do it because the Rock was going to do it any second, <laughs> and they just they just needed to announce. <laughs> What are the chances of Gerard Butler bulking back up to be Shazam? I'm sure he would do it for the right amount of money. I mean, that's that's I think a good dick. I'm not sure he has the right look. Only only uh, Brandon Malau has the right look for Shazam. I don't know. When you showed that Jason Momoa picture, I was like, yeah, okay, uh, all right. I mean, maybe, maybe. If you, like, if he did get bulked back up like he was in 300, maybe. I mean, in the end, I think it's just... It's it's a strange move for them to make these announcements. Um, I'm all in for The Rock, though. Yeah, The it's Rock cool. feels very out of order. The Rock feels like the third announcement they should have made. They should have said, hey, by the way, we're making a Shazam movie. Then if, whatever months later, oh, by the way, Jason Momoa is going to be Shazam. And then a few months later, oh, and by the oh, way, we got the, Rock. the Rock is going to be Black Adam. But instead, yeah, The Rock is going to be Black Adam. In what? Yeah, it just puts two... <laughs> To stay in this house. What the hell? We it puts know. so much pressure on this next cast. We casting. all know DC is terrible at things. Yes. They, they are so really trying to feel their way This through. is part and parcel for what they do. Yes. So speaking of what they do. Nice transition. <laughs> fandom is not happy with the new Guns Ablaze and Zack Snyder Batmobile. I'm fine with it. The Battlemobile. Because... There's nothing about the Battlemobile that says, I'm shooting humans with this gun. <clears throat> Maybe he needs to blow open a door, a wall, perhaps a man of steel. But movie Batman has been known to shoot humans with his Gatling guns on the Yeah, but this is a brand new Batman. Movie I, Batman I, had a fucking rocket launcher on the back pocket. Yeah, I mean, like... I'm pretty sure he's going to be shooting some civilians with this. I think that that's where since it's going. His, since his most successful movie debut, he was shooting people with guns from the Batplane. Yeah. I mean, movie Batman Shit, well, is he not was, afraid to use guns. Hold on. He, was, he wasn't afraid to use guns. He was afraid to hit the Joker who <laughs> was standing there with no cover, and he missed a million times. So he he's afraid purpose? He was what afraid was to about? aim. It's because he wasn't wearing his earlier... Prescribed Michael Keaton glasses, so he, he couldn't see. But he yeah. used he was flipping every switch in the cockpit, hitting every button, pulling the trigger, and he missed. Was he missing on purpose? Because in the they and this is a little known fact. They took this audio out of the original Tim Burton film. 
But you can hear Obi-Wan Kenobi say, use the Force, Bruce. Because there, <laughs> there's a, a part um, in, in that Batman movie where the, the targeting system, like the red bullseye thing, like, and it gets close. And it was like, and he missed, and I don't understand. But then they repeated that in The Dark Knight when Batman is, like, driving at the Joker and shooting guns and everything at him. And Joker, what did the Joker say? Hit me. Hit me. What did he say? Hit me. Just like that. I don't know. I feel like the Tim Burton Batman just could not shoot. But <laughs> the Chris Nolan one. He actually was trying to miss, but like Why Michael Keaton was just a bad So aim. Michael Keaton was trying to hit him, but he, he was, was trying really to hit him, and he was like, oh, shit. But the, the Christian Bale one was purposefully wasting bullets. Yes. Why? I don't know. It's just a gut feeling. So I, <clears throat> Paul, where do you stand on that? Is the DC guy on the Batman with gun stuff? No, well, like, did did the Tim Burton, did Michael Keaton intentionally miss the Joker, or did he accidentally miss him? Well, you have to think that he intentionally missed him because Batman doesn't miss. Okay, he missed a lot, but like he missed and then crashed because he got it. Just, but then he kills him later anyway. Yeah, that's true. So I. He just missed. Yeah, I, I think he just. I think he just missed. I think what we two seconds see ago was you were like, scene where he's like, "Fuck, I'm gonna kill this guy next chance. Like, I'm gonna go into that gothic ass church and kill that motherfucker. But the Christian Bale Batman did he miss on purpose? Yeah, I, I think the Christian Bale Batman definitely missed on purpose because by then they were they were working with. A much more refined idea of who this guy was and what he was what he was going out. So to do. when when he was on his bat pod and he had to quickly swerve out of the way so he didn't run the Joker over and he almost killed himself. Why why did it's he all part of the it? plan? Was part of the plan? I think so. To almost die and then get like almost killed. He's Batman. He has a lot of. I think he plans. knew what was up. I think he knew he had the right chance to make it out. Okay. But this particular Batmobile, big turret guns on the front of this very weaponized looking Batmobile, very tank looking machine. Does the Dark Knight Returns Batmobile have a big gun on it? I believe it did. Yes. It's smoking. Because he was killing people because it was a Frank Miller joint. Yeah, that's that definitely has guns on the front. He was totally murdering those mutants. Like, you know, I've taken exception to Mark Wade's outrage over this particular Batmobile feature. I understand Mark Wade is responsible for some of the greatest comic book runs we've read over the last 20 years. He's a great comic book writer. Does some great things. Maybe he's a little opinionated. And you know what? That's your Twitter account, Mark Wade. You own it. You can say anything you fucking want. Some would say, by listening to this podcast, that we're a little opinionated. Yeah. I don't think we're opinionated at all. And anybody that thinks that's an idiot. Much like assholes, we all have opinions. But... Sounds I, like Matt's just fighting for the sake of fighting. 
I feel like I feel like Mark Wade being such a large part of the comic book community like his his voice is heard so much more than anyone else's and he uses that as his own personal soapbox to get on stuff like Superman doesn't kill and Man of Steel is a terrible movie because Superman doesn't kill and I'm a big dummy and just doesn't understand the nuance of how that movie was written and this Batmobile shouldn't have a gun on the front of it because Batman doesn't use guns and now that he has a gun and I'm not going to see it because it's big and stupid because he shouldn't shoot things with Why guns. Why do they talk with that accent? Have you ever heard Mark White talk? No. He totally talks like that. It's a dead-on impersonation. <laughs> now, is, now, is it so crazy that somebody would take <clears throat> objection to Batman having guns? Because historically in the comic books, it's a big thing. It's his thing. He doesn't use guns. Have you seen him kill any human with that gun no, turret on the back? No, I haven't. I mean, so shut the fuck up until you see it. <laughs> So shut your fat fucking mouth until you see him murder someone with that fucking gun turret. You know what he's going to do with it? He's going to riddle fucking Superman in his chest and nothing's going to happen. And then he's going to get out in that suit and then go fight him. He's not going to kill one fucking person with that gun. So quit freaking the fuck out, you fucking dork. You giant fucking nerd. By the way, that's that's Mark Wade. That's not at me. Oh, okay. Now... Do we think that he... Do you do you really think that he's not going to kill anybody with his gun? People would lose their goddamn minds. That would be great if Zack Snyder, right now, tonight, <laughs> just wrote in a scene where he shot, like... A, like where he um, just mows uh, down a row of Joker goons. Not even, like... Just he goes to, like, a gay pride Joker. rally and shoots the, every ethnicity that he can possibly exact, see. The exact family at the end of Man of Steel that Superman was saving. <laughs> On their summer vacation to Gotham. That man just shows up. <laughs> And Superman's like, God damn it! And that's I how I killed a guy for that. Do you know how much shit I took for that? And then <laughs> title credit when we get into Batman v Superman. That's what starts the whole the whole feud. That's I would give see that movie in a second. That'd be great. But I honestly, I. There's no way that they can. There's no way they can kill anybody with this gun. There no. just isn't. He would freak out too bad. He's gonna shoot Superman with it, and then a villain. So, and and let's let's think about Batman. Okay. Who that guy is for a second. Okay. You're gonna go. You're going into a fight. Right. Presu- or presumably, you're going into this fight against an indestructible alien, maybe Amazon warrior goddess. You're not going to try to have every kind of weapon at your at your availability yeah. to use to give you the best advantage. In the, if you're such, such a strategic guy, you're such a planner, you're not going to have some kind of fucking gun. In the teaser, we even see like he has the Dark Knight Returns metal uniform on, too. He, he knows that some shit's going to go down. I'd imagine that this is going to be at the end of the movie... After he's had some kind of encounter with Superman and knows what the score is. But we don't... And that's the thing. We don't know. The nerds are flipping out. Batman doesn't kill people. He doesn't use guns. Fuck you. 
Wait till we see what happens. And uses but he also he used him in the first issue of Batman for Christ's sake. See, but but fuck that too. He used him one time seventy five years ago. Like well, I think it was more than once, but okay. He also used them in Tim Burton's Batman, and he used terribly, them. but he used them. Yeah, and he used them in Dark Knight Returns. Batman's like eyes are closed. Bang, 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 bang. He's like the dude in Pulp Fiction that came out of the bathroom and shot at Samuel L. Jackson. That was Batman, you know. Bat- I like to think that Batman holds his gun like gangster style, sideways, where he can't hit fucking anything. So besides the besides the big gun gun turn for the hood ornament. What do we think about the rest of the design of it? Um, it looks pretty imposing. It looks just like what a Zack Snyder-esque vehicle would look like. Uh, it's, it's you know, kind of outer-worldly looking. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm in. It looks, I would say, 85% Christopher Nolan Batmobile, maybe 15% Tim Burton. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably like it to be a little more sleek race car-y. I was, I was never happy with the Tumblr. Yeah, the, this feels too much like Tumblr 2.0 to me. Yeah, it, I, it, I, it, it does. Every Batmobile <clears throat> up to this point before the Tumblr was like a car of some sort. Now it's these crazy SUV and tanks. Like, but, the, but, the, but the reason why the Tumblr... Was cool was because it was functional. It worked in the real world in the environment right, that because, he has to use it in. Because you need to, you need a vehicle that's going to be able to go through all kinds of terrain in a city. It he had to go through different terrain in a city. Rooftop, rooftops. I mean, I was fine. None with of which would support the weight of that fucking car. I was fine with it in those movies, but. I felt like the new Batman was going to be a little more comic booky and less based in reality, and so I thought we were going to get more of a car type There's of thing. A, I mean, even a, in the new Batman video games, you're getting the same style of car. You're still getting a weaponized tumbler. It's, a, it's, or, the, it's the end remember. thing, but there's a certain kind of practicality to this that doesn't make sense to me. Your, your basic battlefield, if you're Batman, is in the middle of a fucking city. Look how wide this is. Are you going to get that down your, you know, basic so, New York City alley? As, oh, yeah, well, you're not in New York. It's Gotham right. or Metropolis. You're going to so. get this down your basic Gotham you're City You're going to have to alley. fight your basic Superman. That's what it's built for, not driving on the fucking street. Nobody gives a shit. He so, has to fight Superman like you just said. So he needs when, a goddamn tank. Correct. So when is he? So, all right, maybe this is debuted three quarters of the way through the movie. He's like, Alfred, I need something diesel. So maybe the first three quarters of the movie... And Alfred's like, right away, sir. And he builds him a car. Right, so... I like Maybe the first three quarters of the movie, he has a regular, sleek, race car-type Batmobile for fighting regular villains like the Riddler and the Joker, who he's apparently been fighting for years because this is an aged, grizzled Batman at this point. That definitely looks like something Jeremy Irons could build, don't you think? Right away. There, uh, all those parts are just sitting in the back end. Yeah, I mean, I think this, uh, I, I'm assuming, and the, all we're doing here is speculating, but I'm assuming that this is a special occasion. This is your tuxedo of Batmobiles. You're going to go out and you're going to need to fight something in particular that you're going to need a lot of guns and a lot of protection. I don't think. I think that, I think this is the Batmobile 
Like, he's been running down Two-Face with. <laughs> I think they... Why has he been fighting crime so for so long if he's killing his villains by running them over like this? Like Ian said, I don't think you're going to see this vehicle until two-thirds of the way through the movie when he finally has his showdown with Superman. It feels like the power-up version, you know, and you're playing a video game and you get your first little thing. Paul doesn't know. Oh, that's right. Matt... <laughs> By the time you get to, like, the seventh or eighth board, you need something a little better. It's than like that car you had from the first or second level, but now it's more powerful. It's got extra guns and shit on it. That's correct, because the boss, Superman, is bigger and badder than what you've been facing in the first stages. Right. Well, I hope so. You're pretty passionate about this. I, I actually have no problem with this at all. If this is what he's running with through the whole movie, I, I don't give a shit. It's I think we'll care if he <clears throat> if he really does shoot people in half with it and then runs them over. After, you know what? After all the outrage about Superman killing Zod, I can't imagine Zack Snyder would be like, "Yeah, have him." No, 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 no. Kill Batman, kill this. No, people. but th- this is what's going to happen, though. Batman is going to do a similar thing and kill similar people in a similar setting, and nerd fandom is going to love it and be like, that's fucking Batman, he's so badass, and that's going to make you go insane. (laughs) And I'm going to love it. That's probably right. Stay tuned for that podcast. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, he's going to, Batman's going to do something in that movie and everyone's going to fucking hate it. Nerds are nerds are gonna flip out about something just know. like they flipped out. About I don't know. I feel like Batman can almost this, do no wrong. Already. The, um, people, you know what people are gonna do? They're gonna compare it a lot to the Christopher Nolan ones, and people yeah. are gonna hold those in such high esteem that it's gonna have a lot to live up to. It's unfair Unfairly. because I don't think that's a whole, that's a lot to live up to. I think that's a totally different kind of thing. Yeah, I but agree. it's the same. It, it's the same character. It is a lot to live up to because they were great films. They might not have been the tone that you guys wanted, but they were still well-made presentations of the character in the spirit of the character that a lot of people responded to. In a um, lot of ways, it's they were the super most close. Fa- they were the most faithful renditions of Batman ever on the screen. And it's just the fact that it's so close to those being done. You know, and and this new version, and you're accepting the new version. It's not just that it's so close because I can remember when the the Dark Knight trailer premiered. No, I was at work. And we we saw the trailer. Me and a group of other people. We watched it for the first time. It was the very first um, time we had seen the Joker. And I remember one dude was like, oh, "I don't really like the Joker. It feels like he's just doing a Jack Nicholson ripoff." And I really? was like, Good. "Wow, I, I don't think I got that." Name that guy. What, what, what was his I name? I can't. I don't want to name him. Oh, Does he listen to we... the podcast? Uh, probably not. Then go ahead. No. Is it Jeff? No. I know it's you, Jeff. Jeff doesn't listen, though, does he? <laughs> no, but it's not him anyway. Because I never worked with him. Is that beer for me or you? It's for you. There we go. See? Daddy likey. Thanks for getting me one, buddy. I don't think you'd like this. Oh, I'm sorry. There are no other beverages in the refrigerator you can get. That's uh, true. I could have gotten you a pop. I'm sorry. Or right. a soda. Or <clears throat> it's fine. So, um, I mean, DC is just blowing shit up. We got... With the new Batmobile. We got The Flash, Gotham, Constantine, all debuting within a month. 
And now they're like, hey, Teen Titans live action series coming at you on TNT. And as as far as I know, TNT doesn't have... Yeah, let's go through this, shall we? TNT doesn't have uh, much experience in the sci-fi fantasy superhero genre, correct? Is or, Falling, Falling Skies is on TNT, right? That's correct. <clears throat> I'm not sure if they have any kind of experience in quality original programming, to be honest. Do we... Does anybody watch anything on TNT? I watched that show about the lesbians. Rizzoli and Isles. Are they... I'm just kidding. They're not lesbians, and I don't really watch I it. thought they were just strong, powerful women uh, that speak I watched, their minds. I watched the first two seasons of Dallas. Meh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I watched one episode. I that turned out. And you know what? I like the theme song. Well, because it's... The old it's stuff. It's the updated version of the old stuff. Yeah. Classic stuff. Uh, so nothing's been announced about this yet. It's, it's you know, they've put together the order to make the pilot... And it hasn't even been confirmed that they purchased the pilot quite yet, I don't think. No, no, nothing at all. It's, what, it, what it sounds like is TNT wants to get in on this superhero game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Marvel's on lockdown because, you know, ABC, Disney, Marvel, they are all in. Marvel's not doing anything unless it's on ABC or ABC Family, some Disney ABC affiliate. Yeah. So TNT's like, all right, what do we got out there? Image, no image product is good enough to make into a TV show. DC, let's talk. Let's talk to you oh, and see what's up. What was that? Just bringing you back into the podcast, buddy. What Just bringing you back in. So yeah, I think TNT was like, you know what? There's I, a lot of. I got this drink myself. There's a lot of. Now you made me feel bad. Superhero game happening. Let's let's see. Let's see what's up. See what we can do. And DC being the whores that they are, like, sure, you can have some of our leftovers. We can't make a movie to save our lives. Let's see what TNT can do with a Titan show. This might be possibly the worst property for them to try to bring to the small screen yet. Wouldn't, like, if, if you're going to do a Titans show, wouldn't you want to put it on a CW? There are, right. so, there are so many things wrong with this. Or Fox? Um, either one that has existing kind of parts to... Nickelodeon? Uh, anything? Anything. Anywhere. Well, it'll end up being the fucking best comic book show ever made. Number one. this uh, these The Titans are a super-powered team. You can't do it low-key like Arrow. You can't even do Fast Guy with The Flash, which is what CW is getting away with. You have to do super powers with flying people, Beast Boy turns into things, um, you have... Oh, he's out. They won't even entertain Beast Boy for this. Two, two superpowers. Yeah, I mean, so, are you gonna bring Cyborg into that, to this? That, that, that complicates with the movie universe. Um, you also have the fact that most of these heroes are tied into other heroes. The only, the only two characters that sounded definitive for this were Nightwing. Dick Grayson and Raven. Because they really? have, they have already had solo series planned for both of them. Right. So, you know, you expect the George Perez Teen Titans lineup. 
Also includes Cyborg. Probably not going to use because he's going to be in Justice League. Beast Boy. I got to think he's... He's got to be out for strictly effect. budget reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't... Unless you're painting you dogs green person, and running them around. Yeah, you can't be turning a person into animals you know, multiple times. I mean, episode. maybe you can if you, like, take the camera away and then put the camera back on and he's magically a monkey. I mean, you could do that. Who wants to see that? It's, that's what TNT's got. That's what they can do. But, um... TNT's website sucks, by the way. TNT is not, like we mentioned before, they're not really known for any of their original stuff. Franklin and Bash? That's not a superhero. The new thing. Legends with uh, Sean Bean? All low-key... Major Crimes? The... What's, whatchamacallit spinoff? Uh, Murder on the First is supposed to be good. But, like, all these Rizzoli and Isles, Bones, Bones reruns, Castle reruns, Hawaii Five-O reruns, Smallville reruns, like, all this stuff seems like, like, middle-age geared, like, you know, 45 to 65 yeah. demographic. Really? Bones? 35 to 55 demographic? I didn't even know. 40 to 50? I, I wouldn't put nearly that old of a of an age on Bones. I feel like Bones is more like late 20s, early 30s. Have you seen Bones? Yeah. Really? You think Bones hits that that demographic? I thought so. Yeah. Uh, I, I disagree. I don't think so. But there's also Smallville and Supernatural reruns on TNT, too. So. What a weird fucking channel. But overall, like all their original pro- programming seems, it's they're all like police procedurals. Yeah, which is I I don't know how they're going to do this. I, mean, I don't even know why they would try to order something like this. Why did, is it so vital that the the network have experience with a certain kind of um like kind of genre if you will I think it just helps I think that a track record that you've done it before can lend itself to having faith in the project but all they yeah, all it is is a matter of faith I mean the the network has nothing to do with like the creation it's it's the creators that are making it that are gonna but doesn't the network give the budget I, I guess. I don't really know exactly how it well, works. Well, TNT's affiliated with TBS. Who owns who owns uh, TNT and TBS? Let's take a look. Talk amongst yourselves. So, anyway, like I said, uh, you know, another major problem. You know, we're going to tie Nightwing in there. Uh, at some point, you're going to have to mention that he uh, hangs out with Batman from time to time. So, I'd say <clears throat> that that's going to be a problem. TNT and TBS. Subsidiaries of... Time Warner. We should have guessed it. Should have known. Dr. Claw! That's who, I, who I've always envisioned at the head of Time Warner and Warner Brothers. Dr. Claw. Dr. Claw in a shadowy office petting a kitten on his lap with a big spiked bracelet. Just thinking about how it can fuck DC fanboys. Yeah, so I, I mean, that, it's a little less... Um, it's a little less surprising now that that's that's where they're shopping the show, but you know HBO is also a time, HBO and Cinemax are also Time Warner subsidiaries. So I mean, why don't let's shoot for 
that makes me mad that that makes me mad that there's no yeah yeah that too I was gonna go with Constantine if we were gonna uh, yeah yeah I didn't put that together but but I think unlike unlike something like Preacher Constantine can be done on NBC yeah, there are so many different versions of the Hellblazer character that I think you can maybe lighten it up for, you know, Friday nights, prime time, or whatever the time slot's going to be, for uh, an audience that, that you know, that's going to be there at that time slot. I, I don't know what, after thinking about Preacher, I don't know what they're going to do on AMC. So my, it's bumming see, me out. You see Teen Titans, TNT, you're like, all right, let's see what they can do. Yeah, the the network doesn't really matter that much unless it maybe is something like an AMC who I feel like they they seem to like just wash their hands of whatever the hell they want to do as long as it's not too over the top that you can get away with on cable TV um, or HBO or a Showtime show because those networks obviously you can basically do whatever you want. But anything else, I don't know. Like I said last time. The channel just doesn't matter anymore. Half the people end up seeing it on Netflix. They get it off of Hulu. They get it off of... I mean, the channel matters for the type of creative control and things like that. I I think that certain networks do have more... Yeah, maybe, but... More of a look to them. What Paul was asking was, like, to to me, you know, if I'm looking at, oh, there's a a Titan show on TNT, does that matter that it's on TNT? Just not really. I mean... Yeah. I don't know. There's a certain brand that comes with each channel. I yeah, there is. You expect but... a certain thing. When you tell me that Gotham is on Fox, it's different for me as a TV watcher than if you would tell me it was going to be on CBS. It just is. There is, but like Matt's argument right now is highlighting my own hypocrisy about Titans being on TNT because who would have thought Supernatural would have been so good coming from WB and, and, and the CW? And for the longest time, it really stood out from all the other shows on that on that network. So maybe if Teen Titans comes on TBS, but even then, they do the same thing. But even then, the CW had a track record. Wasn't Buffy on WB or CW or one of the channels before it changed over to the CW? Wasn't that? I think so. Yeah, I mean, what's your argument? Buffy wasn't Buffy. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Is an example that they could do a supernatural style show, so it's not such a surprise. It's not the first run out. It's not the first time that they tried something like that. Um. Uh, keep talking. I gotta look shit up. Okay. I <laughs> and and then they did, they did Angel and I. I'm just saying that there's a certain track record. All their all TNT does is lawyer shows, basically. Um, superhero shows. Yeah, TN, I mean, TNT is all like cop lore procedure. Yeah, it's it's just a big step. I, it, hey, surprise me! Tell show me a really great show, but you, I don't know. It's just kind of like weird. Like, oh, I wouldn't expect that on there, but it it doesn't mean like I wouldn't expect it to be crappy or good necessarily. Yeah, I, I expect it to be crappy. Let's let me just say that. Oh, you hate that TV. Up. Buffy but was the and the UPN. But Buffy also had more of a lighthearted nature to it that I think felt more with their block of programming than something like Supernatural did. Because for the longest time, 
Supernatural and That's right, Smallville. Man. I mean, like, just the technical ability to pull off vampires and monsters. Yeah, but those two... Yeah, but those isn't two that the big hurdle running, for this? They were running in with a block of a lineup with stuff like Gossip Girl that, I mean, wasn't even close. But at least Buffy had, like, female lead, female-centric storyline to it. And yeah, there were vampires, but a lot of it was... You know, Buffy vampire romance, stuff like that. But that's not what we're questioning with TNT and Titans. We're questioning, can you pull off effects and things like that? We don't know because you've never done it. Yeah, but we're also talking about how well that show fits in with what they're currently doing. Yeah, oh, yeah. What are you going to do? Like, Titans police procedural with superpowers? Oh, that would be terrible. Just put Nightwing in, like, (laughs) generally blue clothing, and that's good enough. No, yeah, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that... What are you arguing? Uh, I'm arguing that... To argue! No, I'm, no I'm, I'm not arguing to argue. We're saying that we don't trust TNT to make a superhero show. Is that what we're saying? My argument... And then we went into the su- Supernatural... On WB, yeah, and I said that they had a track record. I'm with you. I don't. TNT know doesn't have a track record, so this is for the listeners at home. Me arguing a point that has a point. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on the. the oh, there's a first time for everything. TNT has. They have. They do what they do. Other than falling skies, they are police slash lawyer procedurals. So to throw some uh, like a superhero-driven show like Titans in there, and if they don't make Teen Titans a superhero-driven show, if they try to dumb it down and like really suck the superpowers out of it, it's doing a disservice to the brand. Don't even bother doing it. I agree. But at the same time, you know, maybe I need to just let them run with the ball and do what CW did with Supernatural and just trust that they can make a good product, no matter what their, uh, the rest of their lineup looks like. Right? Oh, totally agree. I've never agreed more. Paul, any last thoughts on um, Titans on TNT? TN when, Titans? When's it, when's it coming? No idea. Uh, they haven't even no officially idea. ordered the There's been no announcement yet. So. Maybe next that. fall. These things seem to come together quickly. Like, Gotham, I can't believe, like... We're like a month away from the Gotham premiering, and I remember when it was announced, and it wasn't all that long ago. And now all of a sudden, we're right there on the cusp of the premiere. So Are you any more excited? Yeah, or? I'm excited for Gotham. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll definitely watch that first episode, but a lot hinges on it to see if I come back for more. We'll see. I'm excited about the Mindy Project tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. Kind of not all that much into this fall's TV schedule. There aren't a ton of shows where I'm like, yeah, this is what I need to see. A couple years ago, there were a bunch of new shows that were out. I sat down, me and my wife sat down with a calendar and marked off, we're going to need to watch this, and we need to set up the DVR for that. Like, we were deep into it. This year, just nothing. I don't know, man. We talked about it last week. We have so many new comic book shows that I have to at least try, you know, like 
Constantine and iZombie and Gotham and the new Star Wars show. There's just so much new stuff that I want to try. I have the same level of excitement. It's it's just a real, I'd say like a five across the board yeah, yeah. for a lot of the stuff. Maybe Constantine I'm a little more excited for. Give it a six. Yeah. Other, yeah, other than the comic book properties that are coming back, you know, there's... Other than returning shows that I'm already into, like, the mini project, uh, like, nothing, no brand new shows that aren't comic properties are having me sitting here like, oh, I need to check that out. I agree. Like, you know, we were talking about um, the Casey Wilson, uh, Kent Marino show. I think it's called Marry Me. Yeah, but even that, I'm like, yeah, I'll I like those two people. check it out. Yeah, it I might like be those actors. I'll probably check it out. But, um, yeah, as far as returning stuff, Pretty Little Liars, as always. Mindy Project. Off the top of my head. You're the Worst is their season is ending. And that's probably the best show that no one's watching. That's a bold statement. It's not The Bridge. Fuck The Bridge. I don't even know what the fuck that is. But You're the Worst. (laughs) You're the Worst is such a funny... Show it's such a good show. It's on FX. Give I, it a chance. I like uh, Key and Peele, and that's a returning sketch comedy. It's coming back on Comedy Central. If there's anything that I'm excited for, that would be something that I'm, I know that we did fall preview last week. I wasn't here. I was watching the Lions game. So <laughs> all the stuff that I'm really into is coming to an end now. Like uh, the Strain has been really. I got to cool. check that out. I haven't. I haven't watched that. The Guillermo. Del Toro yeah. joint, or oh yeah, now those did those start out as novels or I don't know, I don't know. It seems so weird and twisted that it had to come from somewhere. Like that well, he didn't he write wrote, that. He wrote, or did he? He what, wrote the, the book. Strain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He co-wrote the novel. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. And they started as novels. Yeah, they're they're three. It's yeah. a three novel series. Oh, that's interesting. It's definitive beginning and end. Cool. Now, <clears throat> I. I understand you're not real excited about a lot of the new TV. Are you excited about anything that you've read recently? Ah, yes. What you've been reading. Now, we talked about this the other day, uh, about, like, let's talk about something new that, that we've been reading. I thought I had something perfect for this. Um, there's a image book called uh, Phonogram with Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey, the artist writer combo on the new Young Avengers books. It looked cool. It, it, it looked like sort of like an indie 90s book. Um, it's black and white. Got a lot of really good... I'm out. But I know you're out. I know you're out. Got a really... Wait, lot, wait, lot of wait, really, wait, wait, wait. And it's not even a black and white image in your out. I like that. Paul saw the cover, which is so... Absolutely perfect. For him to judge a book by its cover, but why are you out having seen just the cover? Now, it's what it's about is a um, a group of magicians who channel their power through music, specifically Britpop. Yeah, yeah, I know you would hate this book, and honestly, it took me a good. I, I got the first novel. On Comixology, and it took me the first book to really, the first issue to really, really, really get into it and figure out 
if this was going to be something that I was going to enjoy or not. Um, like I said, it's kind of like a, indie, a 90s black and white indie book. No superpowers, really. Very little magic so far. Um, but I think that it's 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 an interesting look, and it feels like um, it's kind of commentary on... Let me know when you're going to say things I'm interested in again. It's, it's commentary on the artist and the writer and the times that they spent in the early 90s in the, in the club scene in Britain. It feels like they're talking a lot about their youth in their early 20s and kind of adding a little bit of um, wonder and magic to them. So it's with, set in the 90s? It's, it's set later, but there's time travel involved where the main character is trying to help out a ghost. And, and he has to go back into... Um, he has to go back to the early 90s to find out what happened to this ghost and figure out what he did so that he can fix this problem. And, and like I said, he channels magic through his love of music. There's a lot of talk about a lot of bands that I had no idea what the heck that they were talking about, what these bands were. Like I said, it's Britpop, so it's stuff like uh, bands that you would know would be Blur and Suede, maybe, um, if you've ever heard of either of those bands. Uh, I don't know. This is like a verbal slow death. Yes, I know. I know. I don't even know what this book's called. You've been yammering about it for the last five minutes. Phonogram. You were phonogram. He you said were, it initially. When you phonogram. Were, it's an indie book. Phonogram. Indie book. Channel their image. powers from Britpop. Yes. And it's yes. black and white. Yes. Right. I I'm enjoying it so far. I know that neither one of you would like it, but I Matt, think it's. It fun. sounds like something Matt. I think it's. I think it's interesting. Like I said, no capes and tights. This dude does wear a Superman shirt for the first part of the book. He should take it off. Well, it gets melted right off Thank of his body. Thank God. But it's something different. I like to try new and different things. I'm always open to new and different things. Paul, what new and different things have you tried recently? I read Nothing. The Adventures of Superman. Nothing. What tried and true things have you read recently? Um, I've been enjoying Future's End wow. since DC has introduced their lenticular cover month. Daddy's out. Ah, yes, yeah. DC, that company that never does gimmicks or anything like that. I never said that mm, because they I'm do. Pretty a, sure somewhere on there you've said check that. Check the tape. They do a gimmick every September since mm-hmm. 2011. They do. They I, do. I'm gimmicks. pretty sure you fought me on the no gimmicks thing. No, I've never said they don't do no gimmicks. I said they don't do. Giant line-wide crossovers, that like an entire like place. an entire month of doing something that has turned you off so much that you're not buying any of the books. This is the first time that they've done that. That's been in all of the ongoings, all the villains month issues last year. Those were their own books. They didn't interfere with everything else that was going on. These are kind of their own things too, because they're all listed as number one. But they're not. They're taking the place of the regular Batman or Green Lantern book that would be coming out. The Villains Month did that, too. So, yeah. My point is, DC does gimmicks. I know they do gimmicks. And since the 52 is relaunched, every September it's gimmick month. Right. I think we acknowledge that they do do gimmicks, Ian, but what the difference is they're, they're not overcharging. They're still, like, three ninety nine for the book. I mean, granted, some are going from two ninety nine to three ninety nine. But so many are three ninety nine, and they're not jumping that extra dollar. In price. I also like that we're fighting over this one dollar too. That's interesting that we're gonna be that upset over a dollar. I don't know. I don't know I, what Ian's bringing home per week, but 
I'm concerned about that one dollar. <laughs> it's, it's just an interesting line to draw. Dollar smaller. DC drew the line at, at two ninety nine a few years ago, and then Marvel immediately knee jerk reaction. Marvel was like, oh, "Us too. We're we're two ninety nine also." That's and fine. Then, Marvel still gives me free digital and then comic they were books like, hmm, with every. I don't think I really want to do that. You know, maybe people will forget that we just said we're going to be two ninety nine. Marvel as well. still gives me a free product that I really enjoy with every book that I purchase, so I can forgive them for one dollar. How often do here, you, here and there, and I do, do it every use, single week. How often do you use that digital? Every single week, Paul. I go home, I pull it out, I type it in, and then I, I read it. Pulls it out, and, and, and then so you read a comic twice. No, I read it. I read it on my iPad. So you read, and I bag, and I bag the physical copy that I can read over and over again, and do and lend to my friends or whatever. So you it's read a, the, you read the book once. It's a free product. It's one a free price, product. You read the book once. I get a free copy. I, I get something free. They gave me something oh, for free. Are you free. trying to ask a question? Yeah, I, yes. I read the com- your question. I read the comic book once, but I can also take the I can take the physical copy. I can have the digital copy, and I read it once. Does it matter that uh, how many times I read it? I can read it twice if I wanted to. I can start so doing that. If that'll make your, you feel. What better. are you getting out of your extra dollar? Because if you just bought a two ninety nine physical book, you could have that to read. Lend it out to me or Dom, and still read it when you get it back. From Wait, me. why? Why won't he lend it to me? <laughs> yeah, just why? Why does it have to be Dom? Because normally when we exchange books, it's with Dom and I. Yeah. I don't. I can do whatever I want with the physical copy. I prefer to read it digitally. I don't give a shit. Dumb argument. I don't care how much books. It is. It is. There's nothing argument. new that I've read right now. I'm enjoying Future's End. I'm enjoying Nailbiter. I haven't read anything new in the last. Why? Why? Weeks. Why read anything? Why try anything new? Tried and true. That's I what think we like. We've proven over the last few months. Why try anything? I new? try new things, and I've been liking new things, like Nailbiter. When they're shoved down your throat. It wasn't shoved. I requested that book. I said, Matt, why don't you let me borrow that? Uh, I think it was a challenge. I think that you were assaulted by. Negative comments from us that you don't try anything, and then you read I'll, it. I'll read anything. I'll read that phonographs book. You won't like it. Probably not, but I'll try it, and I'll give it an honest go. I didn't think I was going to like Nailbiter just yeah. because Matt said he liked it, and normally he likes terrible things. But I liked it. Matt, what have you been reading? Speaking of Nailbiter, uh, it's written by a guy named Joshua Williamson. Whose name I can never remember. Me either. It's Infamous Nailbiter. And Henderson's the artist on Nailbiter. It might be. Mike Henderson. Okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Two very standard first and last names. Uh, so, Joshua Williamson, is. once I did a little research, having liked Nailbiter as much as I did, I was like, what else has this guy written? Well, he writes a book called Ghosted. And uh, it's up to issue 13. And I was like, well... Okay, I could probably get into that. 13 issues, it shouldn't be that hard to track them down and everything. So, that's what I did over the last week. I Matt, I, impulse by Casal. I said, Matt, did you read issue one? Okay, Ghosted? wait, wait, let's back up a and second. And he goes, no, I'm just probably going to go out and buy all of them. I was like, well, do you know if you like it or not yet? No, but Tom has them off the shop for, you know, so I'm probably just going to buy them. I was like, but you don't even know if you like it yet. 
So how many issues of Ghost have you I, read? I like the way he shakes uh, his head uh, whenever he does an impression of me. It's like it's like I'm a he's a ventriloquist and I'm his dummy and my head's shaking like How many issues have you read? Six. How many did you read before you bought them? None. How many did you buy before you read any of them? Twelve. Did you feel like you needed... Is is it a 12-story... 12 12-issue 12 story? No. It, it's an ongoing series. And um, I was concerned that, that they were going to sell out. So I... The way it worked was uh, one comic book shop had uh, issue one for $1. It was in his dollar bin. I was like, sweet, first issue for $1. What's a dollar? Shit. Nothing <laughs> money bag sharply. That's just like toilet paper to me. <laughs> Wipes his ass with dollar bills every week. Yeah, that's true. You should see my... Um, and he scoffs at it. This isn't even good enough. So once I got the first issue, I was, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me see what some other shops have. And then I found issues two through, like, 13 with a few missing issues out of that, out of that run. So this was tough to find. Well, not, like, super tough, but tough enough where I couldn't just go to one store and get them all. You know, I had to do a little searching. And he only had one copy of most of those in that 2 through 12 run. And you also wanted first editions, right? Well, I wanted a first print of the first one. I ended up getting a second, accidentally getting a second print of the second issue, but it was the only place I saw the but second issue. But issue 2 through 12, you were like, whatever edition, I'll just take it. Well, 2 through 12 were all first prints except for the second one. and I, I didn't even assume that the second one would be a second print, but it was. But anyway, I got the bulk of those, and I was able to fill it. Well, let me back up a second. I saw them at the shop on Wednesday, and I passed. And um, it was because I had talked to you. No, actually, I passed, I think, before I talked to you. And I told you that I passed, and you said that was a good idea. But then, um, over the weekend, on Saturday, I went to another shop, and they had... They just happened to have some of those issues that were missing from the run at the other shop. So I snagged those while I could, and there were three of those. And then I was like, well, I have these, plus I have my first one, but I need number, like, two, three, four, and five or whatever to, like, read the story. So I went to the other shop, and I got all those. So now I'm only missing one issue out of the 13 run. Sounds like it was a labor of love, so I can get behind you purchasing all of them. because it, you might not have the chance to at a later date. Well, that was my concern. It wasn't so much love because I hadn't read it yet, but I was... And that's my la- point. A labor Matt, of... Matt went it, out rolling the dice on this book just because he likes Nailbiter that, you know what, I'm going to drop two ninety nine on 12 issues on the chance that I like this. And I know, Ian, you're like, Psh, that's my usual Tuesday. But, you know... I would think people like Matt and I, we need to be a little more discerning I, of our comic book choices. I was able to um, get deals at two of the shops that I that I went to. Like I told you, I got number, number one for $1. I got issue six for $1. Uh, 
So, I mean, like, and I got discounts on all the other books except for the one shop where I bought three issues. Um, so, I mean, it's not like I paid full price on most of these. I did get a deal. And I just felt like, knowing my luck, if I don't buy those now, I'm going to go in next Wednesday and a chunk of them are going to be gone. And then I'm going to have to go on even more of a wild goose well, chase to so try to find them. That all said. Are you familiar with Amazon? Yeah, but do they sell regular single issues? Yeah, you can they buy do. single issues on Amazon. Oh, I thought they only sold trades. No, they do. That all said, let's talk about this book. So this book is called Ghosted. It's written by Joshua Williamson. Um, please tell me it's about the 80s Britpop punk scene. <laughs> it's about... Oh, please. It's about a guy that was in prison... Uh, and he was in prison for David Bowie impersonator. He was he was a professional. Um, he was a professional like thief, and he had all these big hits and everything like where he would like rob big big time big hits. And he got he got caught on his last one trying to rob a casino, but he was broken out of jail um, by a uh, super rich like collector of crazy things, and this collector wanted. He had, like, all these crazy artifacts in this room, but the one thing that he was missing was an actual ghost, and he wanted this guy to go catch him a ghost. So he assembled this team, and he goes to this haunted mansion with this team to, like, find a ghost. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of this horror story. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, House on Haunted Hill kind of vibe to it a little bit, where you have all these sort of kind of strangers going to this, like, haunted area to make sense of what's going on. It had that sort of vibe to it. Um, and then there's a little bit of a twist there toward the end. It, the first arc is the first five issues. And, um, it, I mean, if you like Nailbiter, it's got that same kind of brisk pacing. And um, I, I don't... I feel like in some aspects the writing comes off as a little unresearched. Like... In a lot of ways, I feel like the guy's just sort of coming up with story ideas off his head without sort of fact-checking and stuff. But I, I still enjoy it. I still enjoy the interaction between the characters and everything. Like, what do you mean by that? What what What's an example of an unfact-checked story um, type? I'm trying to remember. I, I remember thinking that as I was reading it. And let's say in the story, someone's like... I can only get these comics at two comic shops. But in reality, we know you can go on Amazon and get them. The writer didn't fact check that, that you could pick these up at Amazon, right? That's essentially what a shitty what job we're about. checking your facts. And so somebody reading would be like, oh shit, you know, the internet and that, and you can just find whatever you want. So anyway, the story has kind of a, kind of a cool, like, scary vibe to it um similar to to nailbiter nailbiter's got this vibe but what nailbiter does differently and it does it better than this book is i think it creates atmosphere better you you like know where you are you know that you're in this town of buckaroo and nailbiter whereas in in or ghosted i don't feel like that's quite as well established i think the character uh the strength of the characters the depth of the characters is Kind of equal in both books, but I tend to like them a little bit better in in Nailbiter. Um, although 
they're slowly growing on me and um, in Ghosted. But after the the fifth issue, after the beginning of the, the that first arc, you you start to understand there is a bigger story at play here with this character. The main character, his name is Jackson Winters. Kind of a cool guy name. Total cool guy name. And uh, Jackson Winters, uh, as it turns out, the, can I can I say kind of the twist? Or yeah, do it. Twist us up. Ian, you look like you might want to read this. Twist us up. <laughs> as it turns out, whenever he did his, his, his final failed hit on that casino, it just so happened to be on, like, ancient Indian burial ground. Ah, darn it. And when he did it, he sort of got possessed. Ooh. So now he is sort of, he's got, like... He's haunted, basically. I don't know if he has Would you say he's him. ghosted? Yeah, basically. Like, that's sort of... As the as the first arc comes to a close, you realize that's what ghosted is. Not so much going to this haunted house. Issues 1 through 5, drawn by Gorin Suzuka, whose name sounded familiar. So after a quick internet search, he's done work on Why the Last Man... Hellblazer, and uh, most recently, other than Ghosted, uh, a handful of issues of Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman. Pretty good stuff. I like his work. I would not put this book down because of poor artwork. I actually prefer the artist in the sixth issue. Not surprising. Who's that artist, Ian? You're holding that Top issue. Top of front page. Uh, David Gaian Felici. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> Ian Felici. <laughs> I believe it's David Jean Felice. Ian Felici. Ian Felici. Yeah, his arm. Of the Monroeville Ian Felicis. And I want to say that Ian Felici or whatever his name is is See, the, you can't even say the right. main artist going forward throughout yeah. the rest of the issues. Um, I would think so after seeing Goran Suzuka's bibliography that maybe he comes with a bigger price tag than Dave David Gian Felici. <laughs> anyway, I like the book. I'm glad that I got all 13 issues. Yeah, I realize I rolled the dice a little bit, but. But isn't that what comic book buying and reading is all about? Roll the dice. Do something interesting. I'll try I something got, new. I got Not sick me, of, of reading, like, I read the first issue of Wolverine, The Death of Wolverine. I was bored with it. I'm just so bored with, like, Marvel and DC yeah. stuff, mainly. I read that first issue of Death of Wolverine, thought I was going to be blown away, and it was it was boring. It was same old same. Yeah. So. I'll keep getting it. It's the same three or four fucking writers that are steering the ship of these big two. Well, and Charles Soule's pretty new to the Marvel machine. Yeah, but he hasn't done anything to really impress me. And I also heard that he signed an exclusive contract with them. Boo. Take him back. Can we reverse this already? I'll tell you what. We'll give you we'll give you Charles Soule and Brickle, Brickle, Mike, and Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, who pronounces shit wrong? Reichel? Brian Michael Bendis. I would trade you David Gideon Felici. I love the way I said that. <laughs> For Brian Michael Bendis. 
Well, folks, I'm glad that you came back this week, tuned in to hear some nice conversation. Thank you for uh, checking out the Mixos Comic Book Podcast, as always. We appreciate it. In two quick weeks, we will be at the Pittsburgh Comic Con. I expect our buddies from the Auto Comics uh, Comic Smell to make the trip down from Watertown, New York, for they, a few days. They won't. I already asked them. I sent them a Groupon, which is currently going on. You can get a one-day pass, two one-day passes for $20. That's still going on on Groupon if you go on and search Pittsburgh Comic Con 2014. But I asked you the guys... You can see us on the cheap! Yeah, you can, but I, I sent that along to that old Comic Spell guys, and they said something about anniversary or some horse shit like that. It better be an anniversary of their podcast, because that's the only one I will settle for. I think it was one of those marrying ladies anniversaries... Nonsense. Mm-hmm. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Thank you for joining us tonight. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> oh, do we have do we have someone else? Matt, Matt? Ian Felici. <laughs> Matt Casey Alley. It was <laughs> it was You said Ian Felici. Ian Felici. That's how I say it. That's how we say it. That's how we all say it. Oh, yeah, That's Matt Casale. Manicasale. And Ian Shaw Arkley. I'm Paul GNT. Signing off until next week. Good night. up what? Mucks up the works. What's the works? The finely honed machinery that is the McSauce Comic Book <coughs> Podcast. You know, the works.